Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Ohioan Podcast Network. Craig Schaub here with Bob Garver, our New York City film critic. And that means that Bob has seen a new slate of movies over the weekend. Bob, how are you doing on this Monday morning? I'm doing great. Happy Monday. Well, it wasn't a happy Monday for new movies at the box office. Uh, Cry Macho ends up uh, being the top box office winner for the new movies, although Shang-Chi held strong at the box office leading it. But you did see the newest Clint Eastwood movie. Bob, I got to tell you, he's 91 years old. He's still making movies. Now he's starring again in another movie here with Cry Macho. Tell us a little bit about this movie and what you thought of it. Okay, uh, well, Cry Macho is a movie where Eastwood's character, uh, who's a um, former rodeo writer, um, he uh, gets injured and uh, can no longer ride, and he can't hold down a job as a horse trainer. Um, and his boss tells him he still has a debt to pay, so he sends him down to Mexico to retrieve his estranged teenage son. Um, and uh, basically, they uh, he tries to take the son uh, back up to the uh, Texas-Mexico border, and they get in some uh, some adventures along the way. Well, this is, you know, Eastwood is, is sort of a machine as far as churning out movies as a director. It seems like he's got something new almost every other year. Um, you know, obviously his accolades are maybe too many to name. He's a multiple Oscar winner, nominee. Um, you know, he's produced some terrific films, whether it be behind the camera or in front of the camera. Is this a good Eastwood or is this not so good Clint Eastwood? This is good, but not great, Eastwood. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, there have been just so many of these adult goes on the run with <clears throat> unfamiliar child movies lately. Right. Uh, you had uh, News of the World last Christmas. You had um, The Marksman with Liam Neeson in, uh, I think it was January. You had uh, Those Who Wish Me Dead with Angelina Jolie uh, some point in the summer. Right. So so this one just kind of blends in with all of them. Uh, the only thing that really makes it stand out is the presence of, uh, of Eastwood and, and a little bit of that uh, Academy Award winning talent as a director that he brings to the movie. Sure. Do you think he's a little too old for a role like this? I know he's 91 and, you know, <clears throat> you could maybe argue that um, you wouldn't really send a 91-year-old on a, a quest to retrieve a, a child or a young a young child or a young teen. Does he seem like he fits the bill here, or is he maybe a little too old to be being sent on missions like this, even if he has it's, to be dead off? 
it's not it because it's Clint Eastwood. Only he could pull this off at ninety-one. It doesn't seem like he's out of place there. Where it does seem uh, that he's a, a little out of place is that um, is that uh, women seem to be uh, very attracted to him <laughs> in, in this movie at the age of ninety-one, and I don't see that uh, that happening in uh, in real life. Right. Okay. I think he maybe thinks of himself a little too highly as a as a lover. <laughs> Any uh, anything stand out about this movie? I mean, obviously Eastwood it brings a presence to the camera. He brings a presence on screen. But anything else kind of stand out? Um, any other actors out there that uh, that kind of steal the show? You know, is it good to look at? You know, with some of the cinematography. There's a pet rooster. Yep, okay. rooster pet rooster sidekick. Yeah. Not a lot of uh, not a lot of pet roosters as. Um, as as sidekicks in uh, in movies, um, I noticed that they uh, said that the the pet rooster, whose name is Macho, by the right. way, that's where the title comes from. Um, they said that the rooster was adopted after losing five cockfights. I'm not an expert on cockfights, but uh, I don't think that uh, the losers typically live to see another cockfight. Right, right. That kind of def- kind of defeats the purpose of what. A cockfight is is yeah. they you know they put blades on their feet and they you know go at each other so yeah I don't know that you'd lose five I mean I'm not sure what the criteria is in their uh, their fighting ring but yeah I would I would think that you wouldn't live to see more than a fight but uh, all right well uh, overall what was your final grade for Clint Eastwood's latest uh, film here I I give it a C okay I I think that it's one of the better of the um of the adult on the run with the kid movies, but it's still not one that I recommend overall. Okay. No problem. All right. So at 91 though, pretty impressive to, to see uh, Eastwood still working and seemingly working pretty strong here. Um, next up we have cop shop. Uh, this is uh, a, a Joe Carnahan movie uh, starring uh, Gerard Butler, Frank Grillo. Uh, tell us a little bit about cop shop. Okay. Uh, Grillo. Uh, Grillo plays a uh, a con artist who has, uh, I think, uh, run afoul of, of the mob, I want to say. And um, he's being pursued by this hitman played by Gerard Butler. Uh, Grillo uh, punches a cop and uh, gets himself arrested, so he'll be in police custody. So uh, conceivably, uh, Butler won't be able to get to him, but then... Butler gets himself arrested uh, and thrown into a cell right across from Grillo. So uh, you've got these two uh, guys who want to kill each other in separate cells across from each other. And uh, you've got the cops in the middle just wanting to stay alive through all of this. Uh, you know, there's some there's some backup coming. There's some more hitmen coming. The whole thing is just a, a powder keg, I guess. Well, is it a good powder keg or a, a bad powder keg? I mean, you know, some, sometimes Joe Carnahan uh, shoots for the fence, you know, swings for the fences and misses. What about Cop Shop here? Did you like this movie overall? No, I don't. Uh, th- this um, this is some real, I think, low red type stuff. This is uh, this would have fit in easily with one of those movies that I reviewed uh, last year during the pandemic when all I could watch was uh, direct to TV stuff, direct to streaming stuff. 
Um, and and those were some slim pickings. Those were like um, those were like the you know after the Trolls movie and the the Scooby Doo movie, there was just a lot of junk in there. So overall, uh, what was your final grade? Uh, what final grade would you give Cop Shop? I I got to give it a D. There is so I saw so little originality to this movie that I I just couldn't find anything to latch on to. Okay. Well, let's see if you've latched on to our last film, like a lot of other people may be, with at least the Oscar race uh, maybe heating up for Jessica Chastain and Andrew Garfield as they star in the eyes of Tammy Faye. George, tell us, or I'm sorry, Bob, tell us a little bit about the eyes of Tammy Faye. Okay, well, this one I I liked quite a bit more than the other two. Um, The eyes of Tammy Faye. It's a Tammy Faye Baker biopic. Obviously, it uh, covers her and her early days uh, married to Jim Baker, um, you know, and their the rise of their ministry and then inevitably their their fall. Um, and it, uh, yeah, I guess it's just how uh, how her attitudes changed through the whole affair. And uh, in, in this case, uh, it's uh, affairs. In the case of the affairs, how sure. it changed over the course of the affairs. Well, you know, Bob, Jessica Chastain and Andrew Garfield, two very talented actors. Um, you know, obviously this is one of those Oscar bait kind of movies. It, it's gotten maybe some lukewarm responses as a film overall out, out of the, the festival circuits, but a lot of people are still pinpointing those performances. Do you think Chastain and Garfield, or at least maybe Chastain, is is probably a shoe-in for uh, maybe some nominations coming up here in the, in the coming months? I do believe uh, Chastain has a pretty good shot at a nomination. Uh, I don't know about the win. Um, my understanding is that a lot of people are gravitating toward Kristen Stewart as Di- as uh, Princess Diana in Spencer. Sure. Apparently, that's the movie to beat now for, for right. Best Actress. Um, but I'm sure that Jessica Chastain is, is still in the conversation. Uh, and it is an excellent performance. It's the kind of thing that uh, that I could see them awarding. What about Garfield? I mean, you know, obviously he scored some he scored some nominations in the past. Hacksaw Ridge, um, great in Hacksaw Ridge, right? Do you think he's got a shot here as maybe a supporting actor or maybe a lead actor in the at the Academy Awards, or is he maybe on that fringe, maybe outside looking in? I uh, I don't see it with him. I see him kind of um, being left out along with the movie overall, uh, aside from the Chastain performance. Um, oh, I loved him in Silence. The, the Martin yes. Scorsese. Yeah, Martin Scorsese. Yeah. But uh, but and he 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 is great here. Um, but uh, maybe maybe a little too much of a uh, of a caricature of uh, of Jim Baker for the Academy to to take him seriously. Sure. Um, you know, is this? You know, I think we've talked about this in the past. You know, maybe with a movie like Respect, where Jennifer Hudson gives a terrific performance, although the movie maybe doesn't live up to her, her performance. Is this another one of those movies where the movie might not be as good as those performances are? This this is very much reminiscent of um, of Respect. Uh, at least, the, uh, yeah, it even closes with, I believe, a uh, performance by the real Tammy Faye Baker. Okay. Uh, giving a, giving a singing performance, um, not a lot of um, 
not a lot of um, the uh, real artist outdoing the the actress, though. Like uh, like with Aretha topping Jennifer Hudson in respect. Right. So overall, um, maybe this movie might not live up to the Oscar contention for the movie itself, but. Uh, you know, Chastain, possibly, maybe even Garfield. Overall, though, what's your final grade on a movie like The Eyes of Tammy Faye? B minus. I do recommend it. Um, I don't see it winning, and I don't see it getting a lot of nominations outside of uh, Jessica Chastain, but it'll it'll be in the conversation at the very least. Okay. All right, Bob. Well, we definitely appreciate it. What do you've got coming up next week? What What are some of the new releases coming up? Uh, next week, there's only one new release, Dear Evan Hansen. Okay. Uh, film based on a Tony-winning Broadway musical. Uh, we should probably do a top five list next week uh, based on either movie musicals or uh, songs from movies. Oh, okay. uh, something, something to that effect. A great idea. All right, Bob. Well, we definitely appreciate it. We'll uh, see you next week uh, at the movies. So thanks yeah. for joining us. Thank you very much. This is the highlight of my week. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer. You know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was look, looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high-impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.